I don't even know where to start this story, dude. So last Saturday when uh, it was dump day. Dump day. Yeah, dump day. And the little Italian guy is telling you about that. Mm-hmm. That tells me all the jokes and stuff. <clears throat> he's up there uh, at his place. And he's like, hey, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to load up my trailer at, you know, XYZ in the morning. And if you want to throw some stuff in there for dump day, cool, good to go. I'll just pull my trailer up to your house. You throw a whole bunch of crap away and we're good to go. So I ended up helping him go down to the dump place. But the guy who was supposed to help him to show up at 630 never showed up. In the morning. In the morning. I wouldn't have showed up either. But okay. So he was all bent out of shape about it. But then the guy finally showed up at like 730. And uh, I got to sit in the vehicle with these guys for like two hours, just back and forth, back and forth, nonstop about how lazy that dude is. And I mean, he was just, he would not quit. He was on him for a good two hours. And I was just sitting up there laughing, not saying shit. So I get home and everybody else in the neighborhood is loading up their trailers for dump day. So the Mexicans on the corner, so my house and the ones that live next to me and the ones on the corner, right? So they got like two or three trailers, but they always have like 14, 15 people at their house. Mm-hmm. It's a clown so, house. Yeah. Yeah, everyone so across the street. Right. So they're all outside, and then the neighbor's dog that lives next door to me, so in between us on the mm-hmm. corner, uh, the neighbor's dog comes out. It's just a little fluffy dog, right? I, I don't even know what it would be. Like a Bichon Frisk. Yes, I'm going to Google that, but I'm going to say yes on that. You yes. guys Google that too, and then we'll we'll meet in the middle. So it's just a little – it's about the size of a football. And then these two Huskies show up. One, one's a Malmute, one's a Husky. Well, they start kind of just trotting down the way, and I don't really – I'm like, I'm, that's the neighbor's the dog. because they Yeah, because they have – the neighbors on the corner have like three dogs themselves. So I figure, you know, somebody brought their dogs over, and all the dogs are going to play together or whatever. So they start kind of trotting up the driveway and the little dog comes out, but the family is not outside. So the little dog escaped from the house. Okay. This is what I'm putting together. So the two big dogs see the little dog and they're like, it's time to play. So the little dog is like, I got to get out of here. So he takes off running. One of the dogs gets all pissed off, and you can see his hackles go up. You know, you got that strip down. Yeah, like how dare you? Right, right. So they start chasing the little dog. So they chase him around my front yard, up my steps. Heidi jumps up, like, "What the fuck?" They go tear assing through the flower bed, and I'm trying to get them off the porch. And then they they all run next door and into the garage. And then I hear screaming and yelling. Right. And I was like, oh, my God, those dogs broke into the house. <laughs> so, so I'm standing out front looking over and I, and I hear the screaming and everything. So I throw my cigarette down and I take off running into their house, like shoulder into the door. And I and I come in through the garage door because the garage door was the you door. You went in was your open. neighbor's I house. I went in my like... neighbor's house because I heard him screaming. OK. So I was like, these are pretty big dogs. They have two little kids. The mom that lives there doesn't like big dogs so she's scared to death of them so the only one who's capable of fighting these dogs off is the dad so i'm like okay i gotta i gotta get in there because their their little girl is screaming bloody murder she's like five or six mm-hmm. and then the brother or the, the little boy her brother is like seven so i come busting in i don't know if she's been bit or something like that or they just knocked her down but they're all in the kitchen 
Now the kitchen is in the back of the house, right? So I come busting in. I'm in the living room, and you know, and I'm looking because like every house in your neighborhood right. looks. Oh, the I've same. been in there. Yeah, we're buddies. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, we drink beers and stuff on the weekends, and you know, we you comment drink, on each other's apple, lawn. Man. Who are you kidding? You drink uh, apple cider. It's, it's hard cider. Okay. <laughs> Who are you kidding? <laughs> so I'm in the living room, and I look over, and I see them all in the kitchen. Now they're all jammed in there. So there's three dogs. Two of them are big dogs. One small mm-hmm. dog. Two little kids and two adults in a little five by eight space with a dining room table in it, right? Just all jammed in there. So I can't get in there. Right. Right. So I'm kind of, I'm like, I start moving towards the kitchen and one of the dogs is like coming back out towards the living room, but doesn't even see me because I stepped off to the side, got out of the fatal funnel, right? Stepped Mm -hmm. off to the side and he stuck his head out like he was looking and I was kind of on his blind side. So I came down with a fucking hammer fist Right in it, dude. And I'm about 220, right? So he knew I was there. I went, boom. I hit him in the head and I was like, get the fuck out of here. And like, you can tell that I rung his bell because his eyes got real wide and he kind of glazed over for a second. And then he looked up and then he started bolting towards the door. Now at this point. You're like Conan when he knocked out the camel. Dude, like, you, you know, like when you, when you connect on something and you feel good about it right you're just like you want more so i was like man i hope that other dog comes out real quick and i'm gonna get his ass too but the doors were closed at this point right so when i came in it opened the door all the way and it slammed shut so that dog is trying to get out but i look over and there's this big mexican lady with a towel wrapped around her head no makeup on she got the dark circles in her eyes you know and she's in there. I'm like, where did she come from? She came from the corner, right? She saw me go in there and she followed in, but she was ready to do some work too. So she's standing in there like, what do you need me to do? So I'm like, open the door, open the door. And then the little dog comes bolting out of the kitchen. So I grab him by the scruff, pick him up, put him under my arm. Now you get your then, football. Right? So I'm carrying him like a football. So the first dog, he's trying to find his way out. The second dog, the second big dog comes through the, comes through the living room. And then my neighbor has his kid over his shoulder and he's like shooing him with his foot. Well, one of them makes it outside and the other one decides to take a detour around the living room and I see him go behind the, the couch. Like there's a bay window in the front and then there's a couch. So he goes behind the couch and I see him going around the other side and I'm like, I'm gonna cut him off at the pass. So he comes around the arm of the couch and I kicked him square in his jaw, right? <laughs> and now here's my disclaimer, guys. I love dogs. I am a dog fan. I love dogs. You know this. I yeah. love my dog. But I didn't know at this point what was going on. So I was just like, I need to come you in. You were in fight mode. Dude, I you was didn't in, care who it was. Fists I was were like, flying, legs were flying. It may have been a seven in the house. I came in at an 11. Okay. I was just ready to fight. So I kick the dog in the jaw and he sits down and looks at me. And then like, I don't know where to go. So he goes back the way he came. And the uh, big Mexican lady had the door open. She had both doors open at this point. She just holding them, right? So one goes out one door, one goes out the other door. And they were all standing in the living room looking at each other. And I was like, whew, here's your dog. And I handed the dog over to, to Mama Bear, right? And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm getting out of here. You guys all right? They're like, yeah, we're okay. So I'm like, all right. So I go outside. I go outside and I'm like, these dogs have to be gone, right? You would think. They're just sitting on my lawn now. Just like nothing even happened. Because you, you know what? You whipped them. Now they're like yours. Right. Now they're, they're like, like oh, okay. So I go over there and I'm like, all right, we're going to continue this fight. And one of them, his back is facing towards me and he hears me walking up on him. So he turns around, just looks at me. And I was like, 
who's a good dog? And he's like, oh, I'm a good dog. You know, he came over and everything, and I grabbed him by his collar. And the other one came over because he was like, well, he thinks he's okay. So he came over. So Heidi goes inside and grabs me the the leash and everything for Shorty's leash. She grabs mm-hmm. me Shorty's leash. I link them together, and I'm like, all right, let's get these dogs out of here. So at this point, here comes my Italian neighbor come running down the street. He's like 63 or something like that. He get, He's chugging down the street, and he gets over there. He's like, ah, ah, shit. What's going on? I was like, everything's okay, man. We're good. The neighbor's across the street. He he's standing outside with his little girl. You know, he's got his arm over his little girl. Like, what's going on? Because screaming, barking. Is he a white guy or is he some other nationality? The guy across the street. Yeah, white guy. Okay, because he's got the Italian neighbor, the Mexican lady. <laughs> oh, dude, we live in a very diverse block. Yeah, I'm just yeah. wondering. You know, yeah, there's a flop the house picture. on the other side. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's a very diverse block. So, I start walking these dogs. I start walking these dogs uh, down the street and around the corner because they live on the street uh, next to us. Mm -hmm. So I run into the lady on the corner as I'm walking and they're, they're weird too. They have uh, the, the dude that lives there for like three years was building a plane in his backyard. I was like, is he building a plane? He he built a a glider. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. totally. So she comes down, she never, she never talks to anybody or anything like that. That's a tattoo gun going on in the background. Um, she never talks to anybody really, and she's like, she's like, is that the wolf from down the street? Because there's a wolf that lives in our neighborhood. Yeah, too. A wolf. There's too. a wolf there, dude. Okay. I'm gonna so take you got a, two big roddies that yeah, hang out like like over the over yeah. the edge. Yeah, over on the corner. So um, yeah, there's a wolf that lives down the street too. But no, it wasn't the wolf. So we kind of talked for a second, and then we ran around the corner. I ended up dropping these dogs off, and um, we came back, and I got home. And Heidi was out front, and she was just laughing, right? She was like, dude, what the hell was that about? I'm like, I don't even know, but I'm going to go check on the kids next door, make sure everything's okay. So I go over and ring the doorbell, and uh, Dad opens the door, and he's like, hey, what's up? Come on in. So I go in, and they're all sitting in the living room, like, having a family meeting about what just happened, <laughs> right? So <laughs> dysfunctional Brady Bunch. So I was like, is everyone Okay. They're like, yeah, totally. We're good. Thanks for coming over. Thanks for helping us out. And I was like, yeah, no problem. And I looked at his son and I was like, hey, man, what did you learn about this experience? And he's just looking at me like, I I don't even know what to say, right? And I was like, you got to keep the door closed so that strange dogs don't come in in the middle of the night. Yeah, it's good safety tip, man. (laughs) And his eyes got about that big, right? And his mom was like, oh my God, I can't believe you said that. And I was like, all right, guys, have a nice day. We'll see you later. And then I was out. But that's that's what I was doing on Saturday when I was telling you I was saving the neighbors. Where's the part where the finger went up at a dog's There was no finger up the butt. That was all speculation. That was all speculation. I was speculating. You did speculate. You said may or may not have. Right. 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 So I figured, because I looked it up, I Googled it. How did you break up a dog fight? And it was the number one answer was finger in the butt. Is that a true thing? Did that's you really? True. I really, I swear to God, number one response. So that's where it all came from. So when I posted that on Facebook, there's like 93 comments and I'm like, I haven't even looked at my Facebook and I look at it and I'm like, you have 93 notifications. I was like, Jesus Christ. Right, right. What's going on here? So, so it all started with you? Well, that was at the very end. It, yeah. was, you, it was you and Aaron. that. Me and Aaron that. got it going with the finger in the butt. <laughs> but that was the thing. Because I was asking, I'm like, did you put a finger in a dog's butt? <laughs> And you were kind of being cagey about it. <laughs> right. I called it checking the oil. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's that move. That's what it's called. Right. I may or may not have checked the dog's oil. Right. 
And I'm like, okay. See, there to was me, no that, definite answer. I wanted, to, I wanted to get you all the info. I wanted to get you the real story, the mm-hmm. lowdown on what really happened. I mean, that's why I'm telling people on the podcast, when you come into my high, it's a fist bump with Mike, not a handshake. Yeah. We did, well, it, it's not only that. It's, you know, it may be an elbow bump at some point. That's, you know, It's getting there. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Pretty soon. We'll be wearing masks and stuff. This is Mike from Mile High Shooting. And Frank from Sniper's High. And you're listening to The Everyday Sniper. And this is Todd. Todd is here with us today. We're actually here with Todd. We're here with Todd. Yep, and we're on our off time. We all, we do all this stuff on our off time, and um, we decided, I don't know, it wasn't too long ago, we were like, hey, let's get tattoos. Yeah. And then you were like, yeah, just schedule me up. And I was like, cool. So I'm like your scheduling guy. Like, did you, Todd, did you ever talk to Frank before he came in here? Um, not, not counting the mile high when you came yeah, in. I ran into Frank at mile high, but other than that, no, I never talked to Frank. <laughs> so we're, so Frank's got me. We're texting back and forth, texting back and forth, getting motivated. We're like, hey, boys night out, tattoos, what's up? Cool, schedule me an appointment. I'm like, mine's at seven. He was like, make mine at six. (laughs) (laughs) Got to sneak in before me. He's getting something. He's getting some cool shit done, and we'll get some pictures of that. Yeah. But anyways, we're here at Forever Studio. Uh, What do you call this, Longmont? Is this Longmont? It's considered Longmont. Longmont, Colorado. Um, And we're here with Todd, and Todd's been doing tattooing, and uh, you've been – you're – background in art is kind of kind of incredible from from my standpoint anyways he's been doing you you did cars i did airbrushing on cars and trucks and motorcycles for about 15 years i've been doing graphic design all along with it too and i've been tattooing for 13 you should tell him todd's the logo yeah todd yeah todd put up our logo for us so he did a great job on that uh he just kind of he we came over one night and just hung out and put it together for us and uh, sent it back and forth, you know, for a couple revisions and then psh, put it right up, right up there. So he's responsible for our cover art, and uh, he, I think he did it personally. I did, I think he did a phenomenal job on that, and that's that's really catching on. People are starting to grab it and use it and put it on stuff. Yeah, I got my coffee mug today, so uh, I think stickers coming for everybody. I'm gonna do a sticker deal for guys. I got a couple hundred stickers coming. Right on. And so uh, I did that the other day. So it's catching on. Stuff's looking good. We're going to make you famous, Todd. <laughs> so part, part of the whole sniper thing, getting tattoos, man. Yeah. Always. I got a couple of them back in from the Marine Corps. So I'm doing some sniper-esque tattoos because I really don't have any gun tattoos. True. So I'm doing... I'm doing my one logo here on one side, and I'm going to do the scout sniper on the other. In the most gangster, gangster. spot. Dude, I'm going gangster. Gangster. Shit. So. But Todd also has a background in firearms. Yeah. So uh, he's just a real cool guy to hang out with. We, we sit here, and um, when I'm in the chair, man, we talk for five, six hours, and he just keeps on, keeps on drawing on me. And uh, we talk, we can talk about guns for days. So we thought we'd just kind of bring you guys into the conversation since we're all here. And, uh, you know, he's uh, just fresh getting into some long range shooting. So he's got a lot of questions about that. And we've been answering, we've been talking, we've been here for probably about an hour already. Yeah. And, And, and we'll go over because Todd's got some questions about sort of like where do you go with the low end? And we talked about this before, but to expand with Todd here, because this is the question he's asking. You know, Ruger Precision, um, you know, uh, Tika, Bagara, you know, or do I get a used AI that doesn't have a quick lock and save a little bit of money, but still be able to switch barrels? But still have a bulletproof platform. Yeah, exactly. 
So there's there's elements, and then we were talking calibers. Todd wanted to know 6.5 variant versus, you know, Zombie Apocalypse 308. And where do you go with, with some of that stuff? So and that, Yeah, that's good that you bring that up, too, that zombie apocalypse kind of mentality where it's like, well, this is the only stuff that's going to be available. This is the only stuff that's going to be available. And what we've come to find, like, recently, just in the last year, is, you know, 6.5 is not going away. 6 mils not going away. Right. All the Creedmoor stuff is not going away. And it's more and more abundant that's out there. I mean, you can get 6.5 Creedmoor at Walmart. Yeah. So, totally. So, I mean, that's, if you're in that zombie apocalypse mode, it's, you know, that's, that's a gun, good caliber to shoot. You're just going to burn the barrel out faster is what it comes down to. And we were talking with like the, you know, with like the AI side of it, switching barrels like that. And even because he's his proximity to mile high, he's only one exit here away from mile high. Yeah, you're 15 minutes away. Yeah. yeah. And so he can go in and switch the barrel and the difference between a non-quick lock and a quick lock for the used well, stuff I'm going to get a picture of this is um, 8 minutes you can change a barrel on an AI in you know 1 minute with a quick lock well it takes you 8 minutes without it and that really that's all it comes down to is how much time do you spend changing barrels so that's that's what we were talking about but the thing is is you know, 308 and doing what you're doing. And, and I said to him, I said, well, are you competing? Are you doing anything? Or do you just want to learn to be a really good long-range rifle guy? Because you can go, you know, 6.5 is going to help you cheat out of the gate. But the 308, you're going to have to practice. You're going to lose a lot of stuff starting with a 6 or a 6.5. You're yeah. going to lose a lot of fundamentals just based off of that, that 308 where everything that you do with it, you have to do it perfectly because as you get further and further out, your mistakes are going to matter, and they're going to be amplified by a thousand. Yeah. And what it is, is it comes down to time. How much time that bullet's in the barrel, how fast it takes for that bullet to get to the target. And the time is your 6.5s and 6 millimeters are faster than your 308. So there's a lot more dwell time that you're hanging out, waiting for that thing to get out, waiting for that to hit the target. And while you're waiting, things are working on it. So that's why the 308 is a, is a good training round because you're fighting time. People talk, well, which one's more accurate? Which one's better ballistically? Well, the ballistic part of it is a time deal. How fast it is. How quick it leaves the barrel. How quick it gets to the target. So it all comes down to your time. And, and that's a, a way to look at. And that time is based off your fundamentals, too. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. You have to hold those fundamentals. You have to execute those fundamentals. Follow through. Follow through. you got to do all that, and it takes a little bit longer for you to focus on those fundamentals where with that fast stuff and why guys do the six-dasher and stuff, it's all gone before it really makes a bigger difference. Right. So it's out quick, and it's hit fast, and that's where you're at. So... But, I mean, I think the ability to switch calibers nowadays, like, because, you know, one of the things that surprised you is when I told you a Ruger RPR, you change it just like you change an AR. Yeah. Same tool, same everything. And people don't realize all you There's need... There's a little more involved in that, but, I mean, like... Well, a vice and... Yeah, you, you need a vice in a, in a block. And but a headspace once, gauge and yeah, all that Yeah, headspace stuff. and stuff. But, I mean, that's what any barrel you want to check headspace. I mean, they have pre-fits. You can almost get away with it, but you still got to check your headspace because you're timing the barrel. 
Now, what they're they're new generation, so they're Gen two. I don't know if they're on Gen three yet or yeah, something. Yeah, they like, kind of semi Gen. Yeah, they they're like throwing it out there, but it's still using all the same AR four ends yes. that you can swap out. And it's all that minor stuff. differences. It's just mod key mod. And what I noticed with, I had somebody come into the shop and they're like, "Hey, I'm looking for a Ruger precision rifle." And I was like, "Cool." Here's a Ruger Precision Rifle. And he's like, well, is it Gen 1 or Gen 2? And I was like, what's the difference? And he didn't know. Yeah, it's muzzle brake right. <laughs> and it's handguard. That's right. it. And then the um the extension on the bolt is plastic versus metal. So what it is... So is, the Gen 2 has metal? Yeah, the Gen 2 is metal versus plastic. The handguard changed to a different style. Hand- I noticed that on the handguard, it doesn't have a top rail. Right, and then a muzzle brake. So if it has a muzzle brake, it's a 2. If it doesn't have a muzzle brake or there wasn't in one in the box, then it's a one. I want to talk about scope heights real quick because that question came up. We have some turnover going on at the shop. So I've been doing a lot of training with uh, new guys and stuff. And one of our newer guys, Troy, my man Troy, he, he was down listening to the podcast. Is he? Went, he? Yeah, he All went. Right, Troy. Yeah, he went down to. Troy's uh, a jarhead. He is. Not a, like a real one. But he's, he's awesome, a- man. He's a great dude to work with. Really knowledgeable on the sport. He went out and shot with Steve, or uh, uh, the director of training for the Mile High Training Group. Yeah, yeah. He went and shot the police. Uh, class nice and um how come i didn't get invited come on man (laughs) come on man can't get near le man right none of us can i went went to the le one it was good yeah um but he went out there and shot an at with a mark 5 loophole yep the three to six or 3.6 to 18 with the tremor 3 reticle in it we got them all set up got them zeroed and uh, bore sighted anyways, and then mm-hmm. he went out, zeroed it, and got everything. He was shooting with a with a factory AT barrel, Lothar Walther. He was shooting once he got his group down to sub half MOA. He was happy, and then he started bringing it out to distance. And he said he really, really liked the loophole. We kind of got a debrief from him. Yep. And uh, so, if you guys want to talk about the loophole Mark Five, uh, call call up and ask for Troy. He, he shot it, and he really liked it. He can give you some more details They're on that. They're stepping up for the sniper sight competition. They, right. they promised a lot of stuff, and um, I'm going to be dealing with the uh, Mark V too. They're going to get me some to play yeah. with. They're super bright. Yeah, they're nice. I, I, I looked at them. I was actually pleasantly surprised when I looked at them in the shop because mm-hmm. you guys have a bunch of them. And I was like, wow, okay, this is a nice upgrade from where they went with the sixes to this to so-and-so. It's weird. The, 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 the models are going forward and the numbers going backwards. Yeah. They went Mark 4 to Mark 6 to Mark 8 and, and now they're around, back yeah. to Mark 5. It's like, okay, whatever. The only, the, only, yeah, the only thing I don't like about it is that it's got 35 mil tube. Yeah, which is unique. But there is a spur, right? You can do the Vortex spur you for can, that. You can do the, yeah, the 5000 series, mm-hmm. but... They don't have a cantilever for it yet. Oh, gotcha. That's the problem that I've run because I'm like, dude, I think that that scope, that uh, 3.6 to 18, mm-hmm. would be perfect on a 224 Valkyrie. Yes. I think it would be perfect on there. That's but it's I got wanna... a 35 mil tube, and I want to use a spur. How am I going to do that? Well, I'm not going to do that right now. You know, we got to get with the spur. Cantilever. Yeah, we got to get with spur and, and try to get that all worked out. But I mean, even with Who, the is Leopold the only one with a mount? Then who does thirty fives besides Spur uh, and Bobro? Vortex? Bobro does. Uh, I think they do. Yeah, because they're the ones making the ones for Vortex. Okay, no, Seekins make Vortex. Is it Seekins, Seekins making Vortex? Vortex. Who's making? There's there's a a manufacturer that's that is putting out scope mounts, but they're labeling them as their own, but they're Bobros. 
And I can't. Th- I can't think of who it is. I thought it was Vortex. That's the, maybe they switched because Seekins was making them when I was there. Mm-hmm. Seekins makes a lot of them. Maybe it depends well, maybe on they the model. From the, I don't know. Maybe, but maybe it depends on the model. Maybe it may, they may have a throw lever one and not the mount one. Seekins ones are screws. Mm-hmm. So okay. may, maybe the throw lever is a Bobro, and the screw version is Seekins. Yeah, I'd have to look into it. But either way, Vortex has got a thirty-five mil. Mm-hmm. I believe they have a thirty-five mil cannon lever. Um, and I think American Defense does. I'm not a big fan of putting one of those on a I precision rifle with a precision scope. No. I mean, if I was doing a, uh, like a three gun, like taking a shot, you know, hundred yards, 250 or something like that, like yeah. at max, I'd feel all right doing, because you're just holding over with that. I mean, that's, right, that's no right. big deal. You, you pin it on there and you're good to go. But, um, I think that that Mark V would be perfect on a 224 Valkyrie, and I've been saying that. I got my Valkyrie coming soon, man. Adam's got his, and Randy says it was it was. Adam's loving. running a four to sixteen on his. Yeah. And luckily that you know that has a 34 mil tube, so we can get a, yeah, a cantilever spur on there. So that's definitely awesome. But again, I want to go back to. Um, I've been talking with Troy and getting him kind of spun up on those scope heights, and I want to give you guys a general rule of thumb that I was I was giving Troy earlier today is. When you're choosing a mount height, you have to go off of a reference point. And I get a lot of calls on this stuff, so I kind of just want to head this off at the pass. It's not going to take a whole lot of time to kind of figure this out. But if you're using, like, we'll say a straight rail rifle, so like an AI, for instance, an AX, Mm -hmm. and you have a 56 mil objective, regardless of the tube size, and you want to put good caps on it, like the Tenebro caps. Mm, Tenebrex, uh, yeah. Yeah, Tenebrex, the uh, ATI. you want to be at one and a half inches high. Yeah. Period. That's where you want to be. If you're using shitty Butler Creek caps, you can get by with a 1.35. Okay. On a straight rail. Now, the thing that made me think of this was going back to that Gen 2 uh, Ruger. The Ruger. So since it's missing that rail, you have a little extra space. So you go like a 144 to so 135. On a, and a one on a on a 56 mil objective. You can put a 135 on there and have plenty of clearance with good caps. Okay. So you that's that's a good reference point. Now a Remington, so a straight uh, you know straight up just a regular stock Remington with a 20 MOA rail on it, 1.18. Just go to the low 1.18 and you'll be fine. 56 mil objective, 50 mil objective. Do they have one that small for 34s? They do. It's a 4001. It's okay. A, yeah, the 4001 gets you as low as possible. Gotcha. So, um, when you're on a straight rail and you want to do good caps and you have a 50 mil objective, a 1.35 will work for you. So you can get a little bit lower. Yeah. We have people that are, they, they come into the shop every single day. I talk to about nine people on the phone every single day. I want to get my scope as low as possible. Yes, I understand that. I get that. I want you to have your scope as low as possible because that's the preferred method. I'm not going to try to cheat you out of that. But you can't come to me with technology that hasn't been invented yet. Well, and if you got an adjustable cheek, man, throw that low as possible out the window. That's the whole point. Well, you have an adjustable cheek, but also as low as possible may put you in a situation where you're trying to run your bolt and your eyepieces in the way. Yeah, there's a lot of... I, I Honestly, that as low as possible is out the window. That's an old hunting rifle 1978 crap. I think nowadays with modern rifle, the modern setup and with scopes the way they are... Mm-hmm. I think you really kind of got to go that little quarter inch more. Well, and, and here's the situation I ran into. This was just like yesterday. 
And, you know, some, some folks were trying to help the dude out and he was just, he just wasn't having it basically. So what he had, he said he had a Remington and then he had a 34 mil scope and he wanted to go as low as like 8.85 or sorry, 8.85. Yeah, yeah, the badger 885. Like as, right, as right. low as you can go. Well, most, most of the manufacturers understand that if you have a, a 34 mil tube, one inch is just about as low as you can go. Mm-hmm. Now, again, back to the Vortex thing. Vortex does make a lower one, and I think they make it in 34. Yes, Kasekins has that yeah, one. So they make a su- yeah, super low one. So we're kind of looking at this, and I'm like, you have a Remington. He's like, yeah. So I'm like, I'm mocking it up. I grab a Remington off the shelf, and uh, I'm like, okay, well, you need to consider this height and consider this and consider this, and then running your bolt and everything. And he's like, okay, and I was like, do you actually have the gun here with you? He's like, yeah, I do. <laughs> I was like, perfect. Why don't you go bring grab it, it? Yeah, bring it in. We'll mock it up. So he brings it in, and it turns out to be a long action Christensen. Which their rail super low, and the bolt He doesn't have is. a rail on it. So we're looking at that. I'm like, well, your long action rail is going to stretch out further. And he's like, well, we can put the scope all the way forward. And I'm like, dude, eye relief. You got to bring it back. Well, now, you know, you're going lower than one inch. Mm-hmm. And because of the length, because it's a long action, because of the length of the rail, it's rubbing on the bell housing yeah. in the front. So I'm like, dude, we just can't do that. Right, right. It's just not going to work. And he just wasn't having it. I'm like, okay, well, I'll tell you what, dude. Go get all your stuff. Bring it back here. We'll mock it all up. I don't have a problem with that. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you. I'm telling you it's not going to work, and I'll show you that it's not going to work. So a general rule of thumb, 34 mil tube. One inch high on a standard Remington or anything that has just an action rail on it. One inch high, you're going to be fine. Don't sweat it. If you're running a 50 objective on a straight rail rifle, 1.35 is good. If you're running a 56 mil objective on a straight rail rifle, one and a half inches. That way, there's no question about it. It's not going to change anything and it's not going to make you less accurate. Just set it up right. Yeah. I'll give you a quick story. With Christensen that sent me their 6.5 Creed, their TFM. I remember this. This was a few right. months back. And I had to send them back. You guys two did. Of them. I had two of them. Yeah. And I put a Night Force 4 to 16 on it, and I couldn't run the bolt because I hit the eyepiece with my hand. My hand hit, and you couldn't lift the bolt. At Shot Show, I went to Night Force. I grabbed a uh, 4 to 16 off the the display mm-hmm. I brought it to Christensen I put it on their rifle and showed them and said look your your bolt sweep and your handle and all this doesn't work right because it's too low it doesn't fit right you have to make it so you could run the gun and the whole thing works so I've run into it where guys want it too low and Christensen's that way their rail on their uh, action was super super low yeah. And you know what they did to combat that? I just noticed it. Is they cut off part of the uh, the bolt, the oh, they the, the bolt it. handle. They scalped it out. So now, if you look at it, it's super thin. You compare it to anything else, it's all grooved out so that when you run the bolt, because of that super low rail, if you have super low rings on it, it, it yeah. might make it past it. I'm not saying that it will. I'm not saying that it won't. I'm just saying that I noticed that and I was like, huh. Interesting because of that because of what we ran into um, with the with the two that you got. So what? they're not bad rifles. No, I'm not no. saying. I'm I mean, not saying. I like, I, honestly, I just like get the right height. Christensen stock a lot. The thing is, man, is you gotta get that height right. 
and don't go anymore as low, especially if you got an adjustable cheek. Low, low, low may not be money anymore. These rifles are set up different than they used to be 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, so you can't go as low as you, you think you can. Add an extra quarter of an inch, man. It's not going to hurt you. So. I had someone else looking for a Horus Radical and MOA in second focal point. They used to have a Horus MOA. Long time ago, I don't remember the number. There was a Horus MOA version. Yeah, that shit ain't around no more. No, no, it died on the vine quick. But one of the first Horus, uh, almost like an H58, mm -hmm. there was a model before that that was MOA, but it's, it didn't survive. Yeah. Nobody wants to do MOA holds. Yeah, he was, we went through the whole MOA, second focal, marking on the scope and everything. We probably did that for about 45 minutes this morning until he realized what he wanted they just don't make. Right. You know, so I'm like, well, you got to, you know, are you... Are you shoot, are you hunting? Are you shooting practically? Like, what are you what are you trying to do? Everybody's trying to do everything with one gun, and it was a twenty two long rifle. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know, dude. Gonna I don't, go shoot I don't, Pawnee with his twenty two. I was like, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, this isn't gonna work. But uh, you know, he comes out and he goes up to Pawnee and he watches us shoot, and he's kind of working his way Into, up to that, you know, up yeah. to that. Like, okay, do I want the Porsche? Do I want the Lamborghini? Like, wh which gun do I want? But why do I want this? And he was telling us a story about our. Uh, our folks down south, the Cabela's mm -hmm. down there, and uh, going into you know the the difference between a pro shop, which I, I consider Mile High as a pro shop, and then you have a retail shop of you know Cabela's or you know the Bass Pro right, stuff, right, you know. Right. And um, he walked into the Cabela's down the road, and there's some really good dudes that work there. They send a lot of business up our way, but this was just his story. I'm just relaying it to you guys so that you can kind of weed folks out as you're getting into this sport too is he walked in and he was like okay uh i want to look at this razor is a gen 1 razor the 5 to 20. Mm -hmm. the guy put it up on the counter and he said okay is that a first or second focal plane the dude behind the counter just like what? Uh. well he he pointed at it and he was like well just look at it and he was like well is it a first or second focal plane the dude just walked off like didn't say anything walked off grabbed somebody else this dude came over and then started talking to him. And he was like, okay, well, is this a first or second focal plane? And he was like, ah. And then he walked off. And he was like, so I just left and came up here. You know how you check, guys, right? Turn the magnification. If the reticle grows and shrinks first, if it stays the same, it's second. So you pick it up when the guy doesn't yeah. know. Turn your magnification ring and see if that reticle moves. If that reticle moves, it grows and shrinks, and you got a first focal. In our sport, that's primarily what you want because you want to be able to turn it down and still see the reticle, but have those measurements line up to what you're shooting at. And then, you know, if you're hunting, what I found in just uh, like uh, shooting at coyotes and stuff like that is I, I'll see him, I'll power up and I'll be like, okay, cool. And then he kind of trots off and now I got to power it down. I lose my reticle because I'm trying to find the animal and I power it back up. So if you're hunting, just use a second focal plane. You'll be good to go there. So there's... There's practical application for or both of them. Or turn your illumination on. Yeah, turn your illumination on. There you go. And then that'll help you as well. Mm -hmm. um, when I when I have to power my reticles down like that, I turn my illumination on. But you got to have good illumination. Now, you're running a Schmidt. They're not known for illumination. Depends, you, right. Some, some of them, you're like, you got to be in like darkness, like absolute darkness with no ambient lighting to see some of the illumination in there. 
The Vortex ones are really good at uh, having illumination, daytime brightness, mm -hmm. and also what I've seen with Night Force because you can flop it back and forth between the red and the green. Yeah, yeah. So you can flop it back and forth on those, on the Digilume versions, um, and they, they give you you know, a different background and a different reticle You know how many people at. used to come to class with the NXS and say it wasn't illuminated and then you'd pull the Pull the knob. And then they'd be like, I like, had this scope for four years and didn't know it was illuminated. Yep, so the non-Digilume ones, so the, the, the generation prior to this, so I would say maybe two years ago is when they stopped making them. Uh, the when NXS, the they might, out. yeah. The, the Beast came out. Is when do they still you. make them for the NXS, the pull-out illumination? I think so. So, yeah, you can grab it on the side, pull it out, and then it'll have numbers exposed to you or little dots or something like that that you can – it'll tell you which one has more power and which one has less power, and mm -hmm. then you just kind of start messing with it. But uh, there is a battery in there as well, so uh, they, they do illuminate some of those guys. Yeah, so all good stuff, man. Having a Digi-Loom. I like that Digi-Loom. Digi-Loom, yeah. yeah. That's cool, and it shuts off. It doesn't stay on the whole time. Doesn't um, I know we probably talked about it before, but since we're talking about illumination, everybody's getting hopped up on the zero compromise, dude. You've blown it up. I did. You broke the internet with it, and I get calls probably you know two three times a day. Hey, zero compromise still coming out? Yeah, still coming out. June July time frame. Is, I talked you know, to the, I talked to I Jeff get, about you know? it. I called Jeff to make sure he was on track and he was all good. So I called Jeff to say, hey, what's going on? And he just kind of gave me a, yeah, we're, we're moving along. We're doing some testing. We're getting it ready. It looks like it's going to be coming. I would guess September. So they're pushing it to September? I think so. I think I would guess September is when you'll start seeing them in bulk. But um, I know he's working on it. When you know I have mine, you could probably guess the, the floodgates will open in about three months. Right. When I get one. And so that should be coming pretty soon. Yeah. I know we got an order in for him and... Like I said, I don't know. I haven't talked to Jeff what the time frame and whatnot, but I know people are still interested in him. When he gave us the original time frame, it was like a June, July time frame. So yeah. I, I don't know. We're not really. We're we're almost there, but we're not there he's yet. He's close to. He's on. Yeah. He's on track. But I would say, I think when he's saying the June and July, he was talking probably more in the insider way, mm -hmm. and the mass produce will probably be September. Okay. That would be my biggest guess. Anyways, moral of the story, they have a, don't they have some, a unique illumination? Like, like you turn it 45 degrees and it shuts off or something like that? Yeah, it does a bunch. It's it got a smart loom. I don't remember all the features off the top of my head. I remember not, it being pretty cool. I was like, oh, I haven't seen that before. Yeah, like you turn it has it on, something. And then you turn it outside of a degree. And it shuts off. Like yeah. you put the rifle down on its side or right, something like right. that. It just acts like, okay, I'm going to save the battery and I'm going to shut off. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's got some neat features to it. How's that coming along? Fucking money, dude. Yeah, dude, looks good. I love the smell of tattoo shops, man. Do you? Yeah, so clean. He likes clean because you're a dirty boy, man. Oh, you're going to stick a finger in a dog's butt. That's what happens, man. You mess with me. You run, you run up into my neighbor's house. Mike's going to fucking hammer on your head and kick you in the nuts, You're going to get violated in, in a lot of different ways. Violence begets violence. Yeah. But they chilled out after that. The dogs are all thanking you. They're like, thank you for setting me straight. <laughs> right. We well, it turns little... out, it, you know, the, the, those two dogs... Um, they had they just had a litter, I guess, like uh, 
Their husband like and three, wife? Yeah, like three months ago they had a litter. And my across the street neighbor, mm-hmm. he's getting into, he's into precision rifle too. And uh, across the street and he has one of their puppies and that's going to be a big son of a bitch, dude. He's got massive paws, man. They just, they were fairly big. Though. One of them was pretty big. Yeah. But uh, he's, he's going to be a big mutt. So I beat up his parents. And then I went over and I patted him on the head and made sure he was okay. I didn't want him to have any like post traumatic stress disorder, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Start chewing stuff up in the house, like having nightmares about me coming to get him. <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave your doors unlocked. Mm-hmm. That's money, make money. Boom! So the first one's down. First one's down. Make money. Get the sniper side logo. Got the got the got the the the, the, the wristwatch. The wi- wristwatch logo. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Had to get some media on that one. Had to get some media in. So the other one you're doing is the the uh, SS, the, the tribal, yeah, yeah, the tribal SS. That's next. And now you're putting that one on your hand. Gangster. Oh Pointing my to my God. trigger finger. Pointing yeah. to my trigger finger. Dope. Trigger. We're in here learning all kinds of new We're learning tattoo, tattoo slang. words, yeah. Because like, so, I'm like, hey, man, the tattoo gun. He's like, nah, dude, not a gun. It's a machine. Yeah, it's a tattoo machine. It's a machine. What you what you call what do you call them like the guys who are like uh, don't have a professional business don't have a professional business you either a kitchen magician or a scratcher a kitchen, kitchen magician. magician that's I think you can use that as a gunsmithing term we're gonna too. need that as a slang we're gonna have to come up with we're gonna something start like stealing that. stuff from the tattoo like world and nobody will even know they'll be like man that's a good one yeah but <laughs> but you guys have been saying this shit for years oh yeah no that's that's you do a lot of shows. I personally don't. Uh, there's a lot of drama that goes into it. Actually, it's interesting. This industry can end up having more drama in it than a cheerleader locker room. Man, that, that so, sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Every industry's got drama. See, it's not just us. <laughs> Every industry's got it. Yeah, the the place where you think it's just a bunch of hardcore bikers that are, you know, like artists and stuff like that are not. No, they're usually pissed off and throwing fits and something about something and... I told you the story down when when I went to Rifles Only to do um, the cup last year. It was October, so it wasn't too far ago. But I told you about the guy that came up to me and said, hey, that tattoo's from Camp Lejeune. That was Zeke. And he had all that shit. He saw, like, my tattoos. And they're freaking old. And he saw my tattoos. And he's like, that was done at Camp Lejeune by this guy. And I'm like, how the heck did you know that, dude? And he's like, oh, he pulled a video out on his phone. I was about to say, he took his shirt off. No, dude, like, he pulled a video. This. He pulled a video out of Zeke's shop on Court Street, and I was like, holy! Court, I don't even think it exists anymore. Right. And I'm like, how the hell do you have he's that? Been dead for years. Yeah, kind of one of those things. That's like, I mean, this one's Doctor Who, and he was famous mm-hmm. in North in Virginia. And the guy who time travels. Yeah, man, Doctor Who was a big deal back in the day with those drama things, because that was the drama. There was Doctor Who. There was Spider in Bridgeport. Um, there was a bunch of these guys, and I remember the drama from back then. Dude, this is like shows. underground information, yeah, tattoo, man. You guys are tattoo getting guys it. are all into it. See, Frank Frank knows more about tattoos than I do, and I think I have more tattoos than Frank. <laughs> I got, Not at this point, though. I mean, I got, shit, he's gonna leave if here you with individual full hands and forearms and shit. If you individual mine, I have 
15 or 16 of them, and these two would be like 17 if you individual them all. Damn. I have a lot more than you realize. I just don't show them. Right. I am, I am on both feet. I am on my leg. I've leg. seen the one on your leg. Yeah. Right? You got some nice calves, by the way. Yeah, people like that. Chicks dig my calves. Dude, you gotta, if your you wife is... Show them your calves. <laughs> show Todd your calves. Look at those bad motherfuckers. Jesus. <laughs> Dude, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a whole, I hold fucking shit, man. I, I move, you know? You, exactly. Yeah, that's perfect, dude. So, and then when I'm shooting. Yep. Yep. There we go. Mm. Gangster. That shit is so gangster. That's dude. gangster, dude. It's pointing to my trigger finger. That's right. Target indicator. So, yeah. So now so, you can do stuff like finger guns, too. Finger guns. You're like, what? Like, yeah, that. dude. That'll be my new look. Throwing up gang signs. I'll be throwing up Facebook. gang signs. Like, like like Tony Stark. I'll be like, no gang signs, please. Yeah. All right, throw them up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right, all right. Give me, give me up. I love the Avengers, man. I watched it the other day. I thought the Avengers. No was spoilers. Good. No spoiler. No, it'll piss yeah. everybody off. No spoilers. No, man. Because I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm like a closet connoisseur. So I saw stuff in there that well, I don't you were think... talking like today when you were in the office. You were like, dude, when the comic books and this, that, and the other thing, yeah. and this changes and that changes. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Not that I don't like the Avengers. I, I like. I'm totally into that stuff, and I, and I like them too. As a matter of fact, I just watched Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. That one rocks. Like, this last week. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was pretty cool. The best, I mean, like, Thor and um, Star-Lord, you know? Like, uh, uh, what's, I can't even think of his name. I'm spacing. But th- there are scenes. Andy Dwyer from yeah. Parks and Rec. But he was in um, Arrested, yeah, no, the Arrested the Development, though. No, no, no. So, yeah, when, when, when Thor and Star-Lord were having their scenes, mm-hmm. it was the funniest freaking time in the movie, man. Here's what I didn't like about when Thor's kind of movie started progressing. I think it was Ragnarok. Ragnarok rocks. It's the best one. He tried to be too funny. Like, he, that dude, wasn't he was hysterical. His not, he was great. It was, it was a good performance and it was funny, but that wasn't Thor that we knew from before. Like, ah, you know, was, where he was just like, tough, yeah, a yeah. god. You know, he didn't have to make jokes to be cool. He was just cool. But then he like he turned into like a Tony Stark kind of character. I was like, I'm, eh, I'm digging. I, I, I think Ragnarok kind of kind of set a new tone for Thor, and I was digging it. Like I didn't like um, Dark World as much. I disagree. Yeah, it's been a while since we disagreed on something. I have to I have to throw the hammer. Dis- disagreeing. Throw the hammer. Throwing the hammer down. Throwing the hammer, down throwing the hammer and kicking him in the nuts. Boom. <laughs> so all right. Well, where they there you go. Thor reference there too. <laughs> I tried to wrap it around. Yeah, yeah. So I'm out of the chair. Yep, I'm about to jump into <laughs> Mike's it. Mike's getting in the chair, so we're gonna the the, the 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 machine is a little loud, so we'll have to edit. Try to see if I can knock some of the buzz down yeah, a little take bit. The, take the edge off of it. Yours came out great, dude. Yeah, these Stuff came was... out awesome. I mean, Todd did a freaking fantastic job, and especially for my little tiny hand and a little tiny tat, it's tight as hell. Yep. You know, very good detail, detail-oriented, good line work. Mm-hmm. Very soft-handed, or light-handed is what you call it, right? That's the tattoo turn for it. Yes, sir. Um, that means he's not grinding down into your skin with it. He's just, you know. And you can tell I'm not swollen hardly nope. for shit. So nope. you could tell he's not, like, nope. going to town. It won't, it won't scar up. There's a lot of guys out there that they do that. Too much. Then, yeah, they just put their all their weight into it for some weird for some I'm, I'm branded now I had I was branded a little before but not as much yeah. but now yeah. I'm branded a little more visible now I'm visible now yep. now I am not hiding it so I'll get in the chair here in a little bit yeah. I do want to say a couple things real quick before we before we end this episode I've been doing a lot of chit-chatting with our boys down under uh, Danny at uh, Danny or uh, Delta tactical 
Uh, they have a phenomenal shooting team. They, they're the, uh, the AI of, of Australia. And if you guys are looking for some experts in long-range precision, these guys are the guys to talk to. And we got some plans with them uh, in the future that we're going to be uh, producing some stuff out of our shop and sending it down there. And if you want more details on that, get with Danny at Delta Tactical. You can look them up in your area. They are uh, the, the kings of freaking precision down there and totally awesome. Excellent guys to deal with. And, um, you know, like I said, I've been talking to him for the last couple of weeks and they sent us up some swag. So we'll be sporting that Yeah, thank you for the shirts, yep. man. So if you're, if you're down under, down south of the equator in Australia, make sure you hit those guys up for any of the your... The toilets do go the other way, right? No, I don't think that's true, man. It's got to be true. That's no, It's, it's it, got to be true. Well, you read it on the internet, right? I did. Oh, okay, like well, then it's true. It's dog's yeah, butts. Yeah, yeah. it's it. the same thing. It's the first thing that comes up. <laughs> Toilets in Australia go the other way. It's a dominance thing. Is it? Yeah. Okay. That's what it comes down to. So no, no, man, this has been awesome. I we we got all up and, and I'll edit up to some of this stuff and, and we'll be talking and we'll get you some more podcast stuff out here. We're gonna do. We just wanted to have a fun one, tell a couple stories. Yeah, and just we're just about we're just nonsense, basically. Dude, we, we hadn't gotten together. Our schedules kind of diverged a little bit, but we'll get back together. And I'm gonna be out uh, Friday. I'll probably be out on the range. With, uh, I got a guy coming in town. Um, so I'm going to be doing a little mini class for him only half a day because our schedules got screwed up with weather, hail and rain and crap going on out here. So, so I did talk about some AI down in Australia. If you're in the U.S. and you're looking for Accuracy International, hit us up, Mile High Shooting, milehighshooting.com. And then uh, real quick on the training classes, we have uh, May coming up. So we're going to welcome, hail and farewell those guys. And then we'll get the August class knocked out. There's only out. one to two slots. I can take a second. There's like two slots in August. So, There's really only one. Yeah. I'll take a backup of a second. Yeah, if you got a buddy that you want to go to the class with, maybe we can work that yeah, out do too. A we team, can, yeah, right. do, a, do a team thing and, and show up there. We, uh, we're we not really putting out the October class just yet just because it's so far out. But at the same time, there are people signing up for it and they're getting their slots reserved. So don't get left behind this year. <laughs> yeah, don't get want, left behind. If you want a class, October's the last one, um, unless you get in that August at the last minute. But um, I think we have it. ten slots in uh, in October right now that are open. There's two two guys going for sure, and they're local dudes. So yep. that's and we know those guys, and they're they're really cool. So we're gonna have fun with them, and then we're gonna sit down and talk after this October class about doing uh, the next year's schedule. But along with that next year's schedule, we got our Precision Rifle 1, yeah. and then we'll have Precision, two, precision Rifle gonna, 2. We're going to double the classes for 19. Yeah, for sure. So for sure we'll we're be doubling that. So tons of fun next yeah, year. Yeah, call, call Mile High, either talk to Mike or Jamie about classes, and we're going to get you guys all tuned up. Cool. So, cool. You've been listening to the Everyday Sniper. Mike thing. from Mile High Shooting. Frank from Sniper's Hide. And Todd from Forever Studio. Todd. All right. Thanks a lot, dude. Later.